Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that we can come into your house and worship you. Open up our hearts and seek your face. Thank you, Lord, that this life isn't about us. Thank you that we can come and let go of all the stuff that that took place this week and, and just focus on you and, and your desire and your will. For Lord, we know that that's what makes all the difference in our lives. So we pray that you'd move in and through us. We pray for those who come this morning who are seeking you. We pray, Father, that uh, this morning they would see you and respond as you have called us to. And, and Lord, that they would experience the peace and the joy that you've given us. Uh, help us, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we read scripture this morning, I have a couple questions. First of all, how many of you want to obey God? Raise your hand if you want to obey God. Put it up real high if you want to obey God. Yeah, pretty much everybody's hand is up. Um, well, that's the next question. How many of, how many of, you, how many of you feel you're doing an a excellent job at, at, at obeying God? How many of you feel you're doing an excellent job? Your, your hand's halfway up. Oh, Okay. Yeah, uh, something about that. So the question this morning I want you to think about as we go through worship, what keeps us from obeying God? What what is it that keeps us from being faithful uh, to God and what he's calling us to? Um, And and so this morning, uh, our scripture lesson comes from Luke chapter 22 and uh, a story I know you're familiar with, um, but please listen carefully as we worship God together. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. May you... Prepare your hearts to sit around the table of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he offers you once again this symbol of his love and grace and forgiveness. For being here this morning, for a chance to sit around your table and to fellowship with you and our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, we want to thank you, uh, even in all circumstances, uh, for we know that your hand is at work and that you're walking with us. Help us, Lord, to see you this morning, to hear you, and to respond to you. I thank you, Lord, that you've given me this opportunity, and I I ask that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, except by your incredible grace. And may your love surround us, may your wisdom fill us, and may we follow you all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, This morning, uh, we're talking about obedience, and as I was thinking about obedience, um, I came across uh, a video that just really 
illustrates my obedience to God. So I just want you to watch this video and just realize this is frequently how I obey God. This, whoa, little Jack Russell here, Ollie, with Karen from the Blue Cross. He closes out the group. This is the last of the small dogs. <laughs> He's all over the place, and so he should be. Uh, Ollie and Karen here. Ollie was rehomed from uh, Kimpton Blue Cross when he was around 10 weeks old. <laughs> A wrong way through. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? When he got to his home, they changed his name to Lockie, then changed it to Ollie. So he's probably a bit confused. <laughs> Some people think he should have stayed as lucky as he's an absolute handful. Ollie is totally crazy, as you can see. He's having a ball. Loves life and exercise. Well done, the Blue Cross. <laughs> Persevere. First catch your dog. Oh, I love it. Yeah, he'll be out in the collection room. You'll never catch him now. There we go. Well done, Karen. Look at this. Oh, what a nosedive, and he couldn't care less. Here we go, Way! <laughs> That's one of the best shots I've seen in a long time. Love. Yeah. <laughs> you ever feel that way? I, I mean, sometimes God's telling me what way to go, and I'm following Him, and I'm I'm like the dog. Uh, you know, and, and I, I try and I hit that beam, fall flat on my face. I, I love that. To me, that's just so perfect. I, I would love to say that every time God calls, I'm Johnny on the spot. And, I, you know, and what's funny to me about that video is, you know, usually those dogs are so well-trained that, you know, they just run through it. I'd never seen a dog do that before. And it, was, it went viral a couple months ago on, on Facebook. And I thought, wow, doesn't that just illustrate um, frequently how uh, we follow Christ? And what's fun is it looks like he's having fun. Uh, and, and even when he falls on his face, he just keeps going, and he goes the wrong way. And, and, but every once in a while, he gets it right. Did you catch that? Every once in a while, all of a sudden, he's getting it right, and you're thinking, oh, wow, he's got back on track. Next thing you know, he's sidetracked, and he's off smelling something else. Oh, it's just too good. I, I could stop there, right? That just kind of puts it right all out there. Um, not, I, I don't know if you feel that way, but I frequently feel that way when it comes to following following God. You know, it's always a crossroad, right, that we come to where here God is calling us and we have to decide again. Um, Another crossroad. Um, What are we going to do? Are we going to obey God? Yes or no? Which way are we going to go? And and as we come uh, to this morning's passage, um, I realize that 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 question, that crossroad keeps happening over and over again, doesn't it? It doesn't just happen once. God doesn't just come to us once and say, follow me, and then from, on, from then on, uh, it's easy. No, because he keeps telling us, turn left, turn right, go here, go there. And we, we too often get lost at, our next, at the next crossroads. We think, ah, I've got it all together, and then the next crossroad comes, and we have to decide again. And so uh, this morning, I want you to think about Jesus, because Jesus fought... Uh, just like us, face that crossroad over and over again. And we think, well, it was easy for Jesus because after all, you know, he's, he's God incarnate. How hard can it be? Uh, but he was fully human as well. And he had to make those choices, right? Was he going to follow the Father or was he going to do his own thing? And sometimes we think it only happened twice. And of course, obviously, it happened at the, gar- at, at the wilderness when he was tempted, right? And we, we remember then, he had to make those choices then. Was he going to be faithful to God or was he going to do what Satan was tempting him to do? And the end result looked the same. Remember that. 
The end result looked the same. The question was, who was he going to obey? Was he going to obey Satan or was he going to obey his father? But that wasn't the only time it happened. Do you remember when he fed the 5,000? Uh, in John chapter 6, uh, the scripture says after he fed the 5,000, uh, he was tempted uh, and, and the temptation was they wanted to come and make him king by force. Now, I mean, if I'm Jesus, I'm thinking, well, isn't that the plan here? I'm supposed to be king. Uh, so that would be a great plan. I could be king and, and skip all the other stuff that may come in between. But God's way was not that way. He had to choose. Was he going to obey God or was he going to be a part of the crowd? And the scripture says he withdrew uh, to a mountain by himself. And we know what he did on the mountain, right? Uh, because we've read in the scripture before when he withdrew himself. He always withdrew himself to spend time in prayer with the Heavenly Father. Because he wanted to make sure he kept on the right track. And then, of course, here in the garden in our scripture this morning, he had to choose, didn't he? Here he is having to choose. Is he going to go through the suffering and, and the things that God was calling him to do? Or was he going to choose his way, a, an easier way, a different way? And there's great anguish in that choice at times. Because we too have to choose, don't we? We have to choose whether we're going to obey God or we're going to do it our own way. And God is calling us to follow him. So I ask you a question. I ask you, what keeps us from obeying God? What keeps us from obeying God? What would you come up with? What keeps you? Maybe you don't want to be personal. What's it keep other, what keeps other people from obeying God? Sometimes that's easier. What, what keeps them from obeying God? Yes. Selfishness sometimes, yeah. What would you say? Our own sins sometimes, yeah. Mary? Peer pressure sometimes, yeah. Other people, yeah. Uh, the flesh, yes, that, that earthly desire, yeah. Greed sometimes, yeah, that's, yeah. Time, yeah, sometimes we're too busy for God. Isn't that interesting? Anybody in the balcony? Come on, all these smart people are in the balcony. So, Self-discipline sometimes keeps us from following. Did anybody, was that from up, that was from down here. Uh, what's that? Who said what? That the, <laughs> any, Oh, was that Isaiah that said that? Wow, I knew the smart people were in the balcony. <laughs> yeah, self-discipline is always a struggle. Um, temptation, sometimes just, uh, sometimes I feel like I have spiritual ADHD uh, because, you know, any little thing and I'm, I'm over here, you know, instead of focusing. Yeah, Can, anger sometimes, yeah, keeps us from obeying God. Uh, angry at other people, angry at God sometimes, yeah. All those things keep us from obeying God. So how can we, this morning, how can we get to a point where we are ready to obey God? How, how can we be more effective in obeying God rather than running around like we're lost? Uh, how, how can we be closer to God? And, and this morning, um, so we want to talk about obedience. I love this picture. All those dogs lined up there, and here comes the cat, and they all just sit there. Uh, what, what would give us that ability uh, to, to be faithful in in that moment. And um, so we want to talk this morning about obedience. Um, when we come to this passage this morning, it amazes me uh, that Jesus talks to his disciples twice. Did you notice at the beginning of this passage we read and at the end of this passage we read, it says the exact same thing. Jesus came to them and said what? Pray that you do, will not fall into temptation. Pray. 
And, and not only did he say it, then he went and he got down on his knees. And what did he do? He told them to pray. And then he went off and he began to pray. Isn't that interesting? And Jesus got down on his knees and, and he began to pray. And to me, there's a key right there. huh? If we really want to be obedient to God, we've got to be listening to God. Now listen very carefully because frequently we think prayer is all about what we say. The truth of the matter is prayer should be all about what God says. We should be listening in prayer instead of talking so much in prayer. Paying attention. What is God saying to us? And the problem is there are all these voices that want to speak into our lives. And they speak loudly. And they draw us away. And they draw us to other things. I, I can't imagine but what that dog wasn't drawn to some of the people in the audience because they heard a different voice, that he heard a different voice. And all of a sudden, off he is. And I think frequently in our lives, our spiritual lives, that's exactly how we respond. We want to listen to God. We want to obey God. But we hear all these other voices. And how do we know which one is God's? And you know, God doesn't always call us to what he wants us to do in the midst of prayer, but it's always his voice that calls us. Listen very carefully. It's always his voice that calls us. So why is prayer so important? Well, if you're not listening to God in prayer, you're not going to know his voice, are you? It's amazing how shepherds go out and, and they, they call their sheep and the sheep follow them. And why do their sheep follow them? Well, some, not many of us have sheep, I suppose, so maybe we don't know. But the truth of the matter is they follow the shepherd because they know his voice. So other people may call, and the sheep don't follow. They wait for the shepherd's voice. And so Jesus said the same thing. He says, uh, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, that's the shepherd, and his sheep follow them because they know his voice. If you don't listen to God, you won't be able to obey him because you don't know what he's saying. And the way you listen is to sit down in prayer. And I encourage you to do this. Take your Bible, read a passage, and then pray. Having just read God's word, then pray and listen. What is God saying to you out of that scripture? A lot of times we just sit down and read the scripture. Oh, I did my scripture thing. Check that off. Now, now I'll do what God wants me to do. No, 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 no. You have to hear what he has to say. It's not just a bunch of words. One of the things that bothers me in a lot of churches is when I hear the scripture read. The person obviously has never read that passage before, and they read it like this. It drives me nuts. They read it like this. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his, they haven't read it before. But if you've read it before, before I come to worship, I've read this scripture all week over and over and over again. And I do that because when I read it to you, I want you to hear what God is saying, not my voice, but his. And then I spend time in prayer because I want to hear what God says to me. And by the way, God speaks to me pretty much every Sunday morning in ways you'll never know because I'm not letting you know because I've run off the page and God's calling me back. We need to pay, spend time in prayer. Listen, seeking God and prayer is so important. Uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in that. But I want you to notice that, that prayer, uh, prayer is what keeps us from temptation. Did you notice that? Pray so that you won't fall into temptation. 
And I look at the story and I think, these poor disciples, they're exhausted. And God's calling them, or Jesus is calling them to pray so that they'll make the right choices and think about all the things that's going to happen to them. They're going to watch Jesus be arrested. They're not going to understand it. Peter's going to try to try to fight his way through. That's not God's way. I wonder if they had spent time in prayer rather than sleeping in that moment, if Peter wouldn't have realized, yes, this is all a part of God's plan. We must do what God calls us to. And they all flee. They all run. Oh, but, but whoa, Peter. And, and oh, the rest of the disciples, if only they had been paying closer attention, they would have understood what God is doing in this moment. And then, and then when the cross came, maybe Maybe they would have been more aware of what God was doing, but instead they were tired. They were all about themselves. And by the way, did you catch it? And their own sorrow. It's overwhelmed them. And they've missed the connection that God is still at work, that God has a plan, that God is going to work it all out. And so they fall into that temptation quickly and they give up hope. And the scripture says that then they went to the upper room. You remember this? They went in the upper room and they hid. They had the greatest story to tell. That Jesus, because of his great love, was willing to sacrifice himself on the cross. That in itself is an incredible story. And rather than tell other people about the story, they went into their church building and they hid. And missed what God was saying. And if it weren't for those women who went to the tomb, they might have missed the whole thing. Until Jesus showed up. Isn't that amazing? Pray. Pray that you don't fall into a temptation. Second of all, um, you have to remember what happens here is Jesus gets down on his knees. And perhaps one of the most amazing things about Jesus is that he talks to the master of the universe. The one who created it all. King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus gets down on his knees and he calls him what? What's he calling? Come on, wake up. Father. 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 Do you realize that the creator of the universe loves you so much that he wants to call you his child? And as a child, you have to recognize the authority of the Father, of the Heavenly Father. And we get this all wrong, by the way, in our world, don't we? Because we frequently as dads, we think our authority comes from the fact that we're the biggest person in the family. And of course, the problem is when our young boys become teenagers and they get to be bigger than us, then all of a sudden we realize that our authority isn't based on our power, is it? What is it that a father, a good father's authority is based on? Is it based on his power? His strength? What is it based on? You and I both know if you've ever been a parent, and that's true not just for dads too, is it? But the truth of the matter is the power in a parent doesn't come from their strength, but it comes from their love. It comes from their love. And because Jesus understands the incredible love that God has for him, and he understands that God wants what's best for him, he's willing to bow down and say, Lord, whatever your will is done, whatever your will is, I want it to be done. He understands the authority of the Father. Isn't it amazing? This is what the Father says. 
See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Don't ever forget that. That's the incredible love of God, that He would call us His children. And just stop a minute and think. If someone loves you that much, wouldn't you want to do whatever they called you to do? And it changes your will. You see, when Jesus says, not my will, Father, but yours, he says that because he understands that God loves him so much that God wants what's best for him. And you're going to say to me, well, wait a minute. You mean you think what was best for Jesus was for him to die? Yes, it was. Be very careful. I didn't say that's what would feel the best. And I didn't say that's what would seem the best at moments in the, in the process. But in the end, was it not best that Jesus died? See, we too often take the short look at our lives. And we find ourselves in the midst of the struggle. And because we're in the midst of the struggle, we say, ah, God must not love me. That's totally wrong. God loves you very much, but he understands sometimes it's in the midst of the struggle that you experience him the most and find who he is in your life and transforms you. Does that, does that mean God wants you to hurt? No. No father, no heavenly parent wants you to hurt. No parent wants your children to hurt. You don't want your kids to hurt. You want them to be happy and whole and full of life. But you know sometimes that they have to go through the trial in order to understand what's best. And God understands the same. He's that wonderful heavenly Father who loves us so, so very much. Uh, and He wants us to be a part of His family. And that to me is the most awesome thing. Is that we can be obedient as children of the living God. Of children of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, the psalmist tells us that just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion. Compassion! Oh, how we need that in our lives today. And if he loves us and has that kind of relationship with us, don't we want to do? You see, doesn't our will begin to change? That selfishness begins to fall away because we want to serve him. And then finally, um, this is probably the most difficult part of obeying God, is that obedience to God means that we can expect, you ready for this? We can expect suffering. You say, well, then why would I want to follow God? If, I, if I'm going to suffer, why? Well, brothers and sisters, you need to understand, you're going to suffer one way or the other, right? Suffering's a part of life. The question is, is your suffering going to have any value? Is your suffering going to have any redemptive value? Or is it just a matter of suffering for suffering's sake? And when you begin to follow God and when you begin to be obedient to Him, you begin to understand that in the midst of suffering, God is doing something incredible. God is at work. I, I like to look at it this way. Uh, you know, athletes understand that you have to suffer in order to get where you want to be, right? I, I mean, th that's why I have this beautiful body. Because I understand... Obviously, I am not an athlete, right? And one of the reasons I'm not an athlete, because quite frankly, I don't like to run, and I don't like to do push-ups, and I don't like to work out. I, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And because I don't want to do it, my body is fit and trim, like this. 
But an athlete's body is toned and trimmed and ready to go. Why? Because they're willing to put in the work and to take the suffering and accept the suffering that it takes. And it takes, if you want to be a good athlete, you have to really be willing to suffer. And what's amazing is, then when they get out and they do their thing, you look at it and you think, boy, that looks so easy. I could do that. And then you get out on the basketball court. And you have to ask for oxygen on the bench because you just can't keep up anymore. You, you see, it's true, isn't it? That if we really want to experience the best in life, we have to be willing to go through the suffering. When Christ calls us to what's best, He doesn't say that means your life's going to be hunky-dory all the way through. What He says is, in the midst of it, I'll walk with you, and when we get through it, you'll see how my hand was at work all the way through. That makes it all worthwhile. Jesus said this, if you want to be my disciple, and we've, we've missed this all the time, this is the way we read it. If you want to be my disciple, you just follow me and all things are going to be great. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. That means there's going to be struggle. There's going to be trial. But the, tr- the exciting part is when you follow Christ, and I hear people say all the time, I know I'm doing God's will because my life is going so great. No, 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 no. That doesn't tell you anything about whether or not you're doing God's will. But if you're following God, I can guarantee you it's going to cost you something. And if you're willing to give it up, if you're willing to walk through that for His will, you'll see Him do great things in your life. If Jesus hadn't gone to the cross, He never would have seen the outside of the tomb. And he never would have seen your life transformed by his incredible love. What's interesting to me is in the midst of that, don't despair, brothers and sisters, don't despair. Because in the midst of that, did you notice what happened? God sent an angel. I've read this thousands of times and I just kind of read over that. Like, okay, so God sent an angel. But I want you to hear very carefully, God sent an angel. And why did God send the angel? Did anybody read it? To strengthen him. To strengthen him. I want the angel there to say to Jesus, it's all going to be okay. That's the way I want God to come to me, right? Uh, In the midst of my suffering, in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of that cross, I want God to say, it's all right, everything's going to be hunky-dory, just go that way. But that's not what the angel does. The angel comes to strengthen Jesus so that he has the strength to get through the struggle and through the trial. And Jesus said to us that he would send us a comforter. You remember that? Uh, And frequently we read it, comforter. The word is better translated, advocate. Jesus said in, in John chapter 14, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And I I like the word comforter better because I want Jesus to come and take all the pain away. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus' spirit comes and he comes alongside and he strengthens me so that in the midst of the pain, I can keep going until he brings the victory. You see, if you're going to be obedient, you have to expect suffering. You have to be saying, okay, Jesus, it's not my will, but your will. If you're going to do it, you've got to be willing to say, okay, listen, Jesus, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to listen to your voice and I'm going to follow you. You see, I think we're not obedient because we look at what it takes and we're not sure we want to go 
all that way. But if you're willing to go all that way, you'll begin to see God take your mess and turn it to a message and your test and turn it to a testimony and your trial into a triumph. And you'll no longer be a victim. You will now be victorious. But you've got to be willing to obey. So this week, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to spend some time listening to God. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, that, that this week you're going to stop every day at some point in the day and say, okay, I want to hear and remind myself, actually, I want to remind myself that God loves me. Any way you want to do that, just remind yourself that God loves you. And then lastly, I want you to take a moment and say, Lord, I'm willing, whatever it takes, to be obedient to you. Are you willing to do that? That means being honest. That means spending time. That means listening to his voice. It's an awesome thing when you're obedient to God because God is then at work in your life and you begin to see his hand at work and you begin to experience the part of the family that you've become. And you begin to see the redemption that suffering can really bring. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for our time together and for your love. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you. Help us to not get lost in the middle of the track, but to listen to your voice, to respond to you. Even this morning, Lord, there are some you are calling to follow you, and they, they've been holding back. Maybe they've been holding back because there's struggles in their lives and they're thinking that, that somehow in the midst of those struggles, um, you, you can't step in and begin to transform them. And Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that they would open their hearts to you and you begin to transform them as you transformed us. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you. Lord, there might be someone you're calling into full-time Christian ministry and they're holding back. This morning, Lord, I pray that they'd open their hearts and say yes to you. Be willing to pay whatever the price is uh, to follow you because they know that you're calling them. Lord, there are others you're calling to talk to a neighbor or a friend. There are others, Lord, that you've been calling to, to change a habit that they've had and they've been holding back because they, well, quite frankly, they like that habit. And Lord Jesus, we just pray this morning that you would lay on their hearts the desire to follow you because you love them and that habit will never love them. Lord Jesus, we pray that we would respond to you as you call us, not just this morning, but through the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.